When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. It's been a few weeks, it's been too long, gentlemen, but uh, glad to be back. It's been uh, an interesting few weeks in, in, in Broncos country. Obviously, um, Broncos haven't played boys in nearly three or four weeks now, and they're deep into the offseason, and it's it's been uh, a few weeks of a lot of change in Broncos country, a lot of things going on in Broncos country, and it's time to get straight into it. Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach, welcome in. Colin, how are you? I'm I'm good. Uh, I'd be I'd be better if uh, we were seeing the Broncos play playoff football. It's obviously been incredible games, but for us as Broncos fans, missing the the excitement of it of it being our team but there obviously have been uh, big changes and uh, we now have a head coach in situ so I think that gives us a little bit to talk about. Stuart how's the form? Very good Michael very good uh, yeah it was kind of just to, to sort of echo a column saying it is Unfortunately, we're missing out on playoff football, but it's been it's been an incredible sort of month of it. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think this is probably the first Super Bowl in, and as long as I can remember, where I don't actively hate one of the teams involved. Uh, <laughs> so for once, I can actually sit back and just really enjoy the game. And uh, I, I think I probably would prefer the Bengals to win just because of the, the story sort of. St- storybooks sort of run they've been on and also they haven't won one but uh yeah it's been great watching football um we've only really got one game left one and a half games I suppose if you count the Pro Bowl and then we've got the long off season but it certainly looks like it's shaping up to be a very exciting and unpredictable off season in uh Broncos country if the last week or two um especially the last couple of days have been, have been anything to go by yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting few weeks because obviously now we've got the ownership situation. We've got a lot of different accusations going on at the moment. But I, I think we should focus just first of all on the head coaching situation. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is now the new head, the new HC coming from Green Bay, where he was the offensive coordinator. Mm, sounds sounds nice, Colin. Uh, what's your thoughts on this new hire? I I think you know I think for for me I would say that it's very much wait and see I don't think anyone should be uh, too up or or too down because we have no idea he is a he's a first-time head coach and we don't know what way that will translate into the league certainly first-time head coaches have been fantastic at at times and you know, we we've seen Kevin Stefanski took the the Browns to 
the playoffs and Sirianni took the Eagles to the playoffs, but it, it doesn't always work. Um, so there's no guarantee of success. He certainly brings energy in a very different way to Vic Fangio. That was a very pleasant change, I, I would say. And there was no foot in mouth moment like Vic had with Von Miller from the off. Vic made, um, I, I think, made a, a hames of it, as we would say over here. And I think that you know, people immediately began making excuses for Vic on that, but I don't think that ever sat well with the, the team. I We haven't seen that at all from Hackett. It's all been um, very positive, which is certainly refreshing and a, a very welcome change. We had to change it. The Vic Fangio era is is one to to forget. There was there weren't a whole lot of memorable moments in it. Um, I I am hopeful that it, things will improve under Hackett, but I certainly you know want to to wait and see. Sure. What's your thoughts on this hire from the Broncos to Fangio Hackett as a new head coach? Yeah, I'm I'm happy as well, Michael. I think. Um, it did look for a while uh, like it was going to be Dan Quinn. I mean, I think we heard Dan Quinn, Colin at one stage sort of sent me a message saying Dan Quinn was being rumoured as far back as November. Um, and before Hackett was announced, I think that uh, all the signs looked like they were pointing towards Dan Quinn, which I would have been okay about because I think Dan Quinn, yes, he's a defensive head coach and he is a, a re-thread in, in, in the sense that he's had a, a head coaching job before. Um, but at least Quinn has some energy. I think we all grew a little bit tired of Vic's grumpy uncle uh, routine. Um, the grumpy uncle routine is fine if you're winning like Bill Belichick. It, it's, it, it just really outstays as welcome if, you're, if your teams are losing, you know, season after season after season. Um, so I think it was a pleasant surprise that Hackett got it. I think there was some kind of, um, we're still not 100% sure what happened with Dan Quinn because it was peculiar that he suddenly withdrew his services. Is he waiting to get the, the Dallas job next year? I don't know. Um, as Colin said, it's a really refreshing change, the energy he uh, he brought to it. He managed to not throw a player under the bus before he even got, you know, before he even got the keys to the bus, which is great because Vic's comments on Von Miller, who's... Um, demise was was very much exaggerated if the playoffs but anything to go by um so he managed not to make any sort of false steps from the outset he said all the right things he looks like a guy that the players are going to engage with he wants to be um a deep ball attack led offense i think you know we're wise to wait and see everybody you know thinks that the new guy is is going to be brilliant before any football has been played um it's a refreshing change you know he started to build up his his staff, which look like there's some some good hires there. I think we're still waiting on the chap from the Rams who uh, cannot be appointed until after the Super Bowl um, as the defensive coordinator. Most of the other positions look like they're getting sort of filled out. And Clint, it's good to see a Kubiak back on staff. I think we've we've never won a Super Bowl without a Kubiak involved in somewhere, shape or form. So hopefully that's a good omen. I mean, I think, Michael, one of the, the things about, um, about Hackett is that you don't want it to become too wrapped up in, oh, we get Hackett, then we get Aaron Rodgers, um, which I think I've seen a little bit about. Um, one of the things that interests me about Hackett is that Blake Bortles had his best year as a pro under Hackett when the Jaguars got to the championship game and really should have won that um, AFC championship. Um, you know, and Blake Bortles has 
as we know, Blake Bortles was an emergency quarterback for the Broncos last year, who we somehow managed not to even um, <laughs> get on the field as an emergency quarterback with that New Orleans thing. So I think, um, you know, it's good to see. It's good to see. It's good the energy. We need to wait. Um, but I do think, you know, a lot of the situation, a lot of the, sorry, a lot of, of the wait and see um, that we find ourselves in, it, it, it's going to sort of be, sort of ratcheted up now over the next few weeks when we we um we discover what our plans are at quarterback. Um, you know, we sort of touched on this the last time we spoke about Rogers. Um, and I think we were all on the record. Some people want them, some people don't. I think that's sort of reflective of Broncos country um uh, as a whole. So I'll I'll be kind of keen to see what's going on. I've been kind of keeping an eye on the senior ball practices and probably watch the game tomorrow just to see. I know you can't read too much into it but my my guy Kenny Pickett is apparently doing quite well um, and Malik Willis is is going to be hopefully drafted by the Lions very high because I think people are going crazy about him um, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see but it's going to be an interesting over the next few weeks the one thing Rogers has said is he's not going to keep people waiting too long for his decision I mean then again with Rogers you know he could turn around and decide to keep people waiting for as long as it's humanly possible but he said he's going to come to some kind of um, uh, firm decision in February. So it, it won't drag out too long, hopefully. I, I actually like both your points. I think, Colm, you're right in the sense of it's, you know, we've, we've had this optimism before when it comes to coaches, you know, look at Vic Fangio, look at Vance Joseph, uh, all, all this optimism has came at different times. And I think we're right to, to, be, to be prudent and to be in a situation where we have to wait and see and, I think the reality is we're not really going to know the answer for for a very, very long time because we he needs to be given the time. This this team is in a situation where he must be given the time in order for us to work. Um, but I, I am interested in the hire because of you know first off where he's come from, coming from the Packers, the offense the Packers have had not just last season but over the last few seasons as well has been intriguing for me, and I'm just intrigued to see how he can translate his work as an OC in Green Bay to Denver, regardless who he brings in a quarterback. Um, could he maybe bring in Devante for the crack? Probably not, but I I don't want to go off on, on a tangent here, but I really went against the idea of Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver now. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking, but it, like seriously though, lads, like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers this season was fantastic, controversial, and then he completely bottle jobbed it first week in the playoffs. So do I want a quarterback that's going to come in that might do that again? Again, I'm only messing around. I can see Colin going, hmm. But do I think maybe sure do we do we go out and draft someone for the crack, or do we maybe bring in someone that has got potential? Now I'm not talking about, you know, uh Teddy Bridgewater situation. I'd be glad if that happened. If he went for something like Kirk Cousins, it would be I wouldn't agree with that there. But I am intrigued to see how Nathaniel Hack gets on. He seems like a good guy. Uh, does he seem like a leader of men? We'll, we'll soon find out. Uh, maybe some death by inches there, but he definitely has brought optimism and confidence to the role. And I really do like um, what seems to be great confidence that George Payton has in them. So I guess time will tell. And, and the problem that we have, boys, is it's uh, it's seven months until we play again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing, Michael, I, I thankfully, the Kirk Cousins contract situation is so utterly ridiculous that not even the most dysfunctional NFL team 
which would be the Jaguars, if they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, would be tempted to, to, to trade for him because you, you're giving up draft capital and you have to pick up an absolutely ludicrous contract. So I think I think Kirk Cousins, you know, the, the, the Vikings pipeline would kind of worry you normally about picking up Kirk Cousins because you want to see a quarterback who chokes in the playoffs, never mind Aaron Rodgers, it's Kirk Cousins, um, when he actually manages to get to the playoffs. So I think we're okay with that one. There, there, there are very few options in free agency in regards to quarterbacks. Like Teddy Bridgewater is regarded as the best option as a free agent quarterback. So, you know, if that doesn't keep you up late at night, then you know what will. Marcus Mariota is the second one. So, I mean, I think to be honest with you, it's trading for, for your, you know, your Aaron Rodgers, your Russell Wilsons, who I don't think either team are going to willingly let go, or you draft a quarterback. And you know, I'm on the record of saying I think it's long past due that we draft a quarterback and allow that quarterback the time to develop you know so don't expect miracles in year one but it's a first year head coach I think he has to be given something of a pass and this myth that we've got this amazing team that's just waiting to to sort of catch fire I think you know we, we know on this program anyway I think we, we've seen through that so I, I'd be happy to draft a quarterback and just to let that guy learn you know maybe get somebody he can he can learn from um, over the course of six to eight weeks and then starting week nine week ten but you know that's just me what do you think, Connor? Any final words on uh, Senor Hackett? Or have you said all your part in them? Well, ultimately, it's going to come down to the QB because you could you could hire any like a, any of the, the great head coaches, but if they don't have a, a QB, then um, ultimately they won't be successful. You can you can have success for a short time. You can get by for season um perhaps uh two but realistically one on on a journeyman who happens to have a, a worldly kind of a season a case keenum type but ultimately it, it's qb that that you that's going to decide how successful any um head coach is going to be i, I think that on like it, it will be interesting to see what way we go i don't believe russell wilson is leaving the Seahawks. Um, Pete Carroll is 70 years of age. You're telling me that Pete Carroll, they're going to trade away Russell Wilson, given that it's not a, an incredibly strong um, draft class for, for quarterbacks. That's not to say that there couldn't be a breakout. There could, but it is there, there's nobody there that's kind of generating the currently the same levels of excitement that you have seen um, in, in other years. Now, Look, anyone can be a bust and anyone can can come good. You don't know. But if you take a guy high, the chances are that you, you know, you're you've a much better chance. Unfortunately, though, we are, you know, we're in a situation where we do need a quarterback, but who who do you take from from this this rookie class? Um, you know, that there's all sorts of talks, the, the various kind of draft um, mocks. Sam Monson had us, um, you know, taking a QB at nine and potentially taking the first QB off the board at nine. Um, but obviously the senior bowl and the potentially what goes on between now, we may see draft stock rise. Um, I've also seen talk, obviously, Rogers buying a house in Tennessee, people saying, oh, could we go into the Titans? Other people saying, no, Peyton will be able to, you know, the willingness to, to do a deal. But if you're Green Bay again, why are you going to want to let him go? 
given what you saw from love this year, right? I mean, my goodness, you there is no way you'd want to leave him go. Like that was nightmare fuel from, from the little bit you saw. And I, I know Rogers tried to talk him up after the last game. Yeah, I think he can do that because he knows he's he's no threat. So could Aaron Rodgers get a new deal out of the Packers and Jordan Love suddenly be on the trading block? I think that it could be a real possibility. It's it's all up in the air. I know as we record this that George Payton has kind of come out and said everything and nothing. He's essentially said everything is on the table. If if there's something there to be traded for, we might do that. If there's something in free agency, we might do that. If there's something that we really like in the draft, we'll do that. Look, ultimately, it's going to to be the the QB that decides it. I just wish that this wasn't the the year that we really needed a QB because there aren't huge options. Like when you look particularly at, at free agency, it is kind of the, the the stuff of of nightmares. It is the factory of sadness. If you are looking at Mariota or bringing back Teddy Bridgewater, that's just it's going to it's not going to work. Uh, time will tell. I think we can talk about this for the next six. Well, we are going to talk about it for the next seven months, at least the next two anyway. And it's going to be intriguing to see around the league what happens, because I think there is going to be a bit of a domino effect in certain places. And I guess we'll see what happens. Talking about uh, domino effects and, and things happening. Obviously, the team is up for sale. Officially up for sale this week. The Bowling family have bowled out. Or I thought that was going to be funnier. They have decided to put the team up for sale and... Um, Stuart, I'll start with you because Colin at the last point. Uh, a long, a long, long time coming. Obviously, wish the best to the Bowling family, but uh, this is a long time coming. And it's sad, quite frankly, that they could never have reached an agreement where one of them could have took over the team and kept their father's legacy intact. But obviously, their father's legacy is one of professionalism, three Super Bowl championships. But it's a pity it had to end the way it did. It is, Michael. Yeah, I mean... You know, we were lucky enough to sort of grow up watching Pop Island teams. And um, it was a shock when the Broncos didn't make the playoffs. It was, you know, it was uh, it kind of reminded me of the, 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 you know, Fergie and, you know, talking about United being a crisis, finishing second and, you know, stuff like that. And I, I remember sort of watching the, the Broncos in the 80s, maybe not, you know, early 90s, they struggled a bit, then the late 90s they came back. And, and when the Broncos didn't make the playoffs, I think I started supporting them in 86. The year the Bengals got beaten by the 49ers in the playoffs was the first time the Broncos hadn't made the playoffs in three or four years. And I remember being stunned by this. I just assumed that the Broncos could into the playoffs every season, you know. Um, so that, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're now in a, in, in a in a historic slump in regards to a team who's participated in a Super Bowl not making the playoffs since column i think you'd probably back me up on that but i i'm pretty sure that we are now have the longest record of super bowl appearance then to to returning to the playoffs and um, that's the kind of record that you, you never want to be associated with um so clearly standards have have eroded now to a point um where something needed to be done it, it's always sad when a when a, when a family who has been associated with the Broncos through its three most successful moments in the team's history. Um, and, and, you know, it's less than amicable. I think that's probably the politically correct way of saying the way things have, have gone. 
Um, but it needed to happen, Michael. It needed it needed to happen, as you said. It's been a long time coming, and hopefully now there can be some some clarity. There can be some ownership of of problems, and there can be some ownership of of just a raising of the standards again. Because you know, all throughout the last couple of years, unfortunately, you know, when the Broncos slunk to yet another you know playoffless season, or when they made yet another dreadful head coaching hire. The thought was always Pat Bowler wouldn't have stood for this, you know. Uh, Pat Bowler wouldn't have, Pat Bowler wouldn't have appointed Vance Joseph. Pat Bowler wouldn't have appointed. Um, he certainly wouldn't have appointed Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan, which I think is still the 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 the, the sliding doors moment in recent Broncos history. I and mean, you see what Kyle Shanahan was able to achieve with a you know a, a decent though not hardly inspiring 49ers team who were almost in the Super Bowl themselves. So I think it's it's as I said, sad day, but a necessary one, and hopefully this can be concluded pretty quickly. Um, so in the next few months, then we should have a new head coach, some clarity at the quarterback position, and new owners. And you know what would be tremendous if we get to see the new owner talking um, when he or she is introduced, or or if it's a consortium of new owners, we get to see or hear them talking on the day they buy it. And then we don't hear or see from them for the next three or four years because there's no need. That's all I want. You should, you know, I, I probably don't know the owners of half the NFL teams, and I think that's probably a good thing. So I'd like to see the same from the Broncos if that's possible. Colm, uh, CEO, entrepreneur, born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Is it time? It's a song, Stuart, don't worry. Colm, is it time? <laughs> Um, I, look, I, I think it, it's given the cost, right? The, the Broncos are going to set a record for the costliest sports team in history. Uh, right now, um, it, it's the, the Panthers, but I, I imagine the Broncos are probably going to double that. So it, it, the number of people who have that type of cash, it means that it, it's certainly limited. It's not the, the way that it used to be. And, and sports betting has had a kind of a, a huge impact on that. I think what you saw, though, with, with Pat Bolin was somebody who had an immense drive. And that's what I'd love to see in a new owner. And I, while, in, yes, the, the squabbling within the family is very sad, I would say that it's not enormously surprising. This tends to be the way very successful people when they have children, um, you know, a lot of times it just, it just isn't the same drive isn't there because they, the kids haven't had to work to attain that level of success. And ultimately I think moving on from the trust is going to be the, the best thing that can happen to this franchise. So I really want us to, to get the owner right. I don't think they have to necessarily be ultimately like totally backseat. I think you get two types. I think you have Jerry Jones who wants to be involved in every single decision, which is a disaster. Um, but I, I think having like Pat Bolin was visible. Uh, you know, Robert Kraft is is visible. Um, so having an owner who who is visible can be okay as long as they recognize they need to put the right people in place and allow those people to to do their job. But I I do hope it's also somebody who you know ensures that we don't get bullied and pushed around by the league. I think that's part of an, an owner's uh, job. So 
it will be fascinating to see what happens. But the consortium worries me, and, and a, having a front to that consortium definitely worries me also. Um, but look, we, we have no control over it. You know, you, you, even winning the lottery, even if all three of us uh, were to win separate lotteries, we would come nowhere near the money to own the Broncos. So all we can do is wait and see. But we know that like it could happen very quickly or it might not happen until the beginning of the season. Um, but yeah, the for sale signs are on the, the front lawn. And I think having somebody who is who when it's their team, right? When they're invested in it, that will be a game changer. Yes, sir. Uh, so that's it. The team's up for sale. And uh Bet Man would say, I think around the draft, we'll, we'll hear the crack. And it's gonna be intriguing to see what happens because for, for too long this team has been left in quite frankly, limbo, and it's not good enough, and the team deserves a lot better. $4 billion dues is the starting price, so if anybody does have a few tenors lying around or a few Akas they want to do this weekend, give me a shout, and we'll see if we can get a few few things in. I think it's going to be interesting, and there's a guy we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, the, the consortiums. Um, will John Elway, Peyton Manning, be a part of that? Um, you know, I, I think, okay, but I, I think maybe it's time for John to, to maybe just take a step back completely. Uh, from this team uh, I think there needs to be a completely new direction and um, we'll see what happens talking about John Elway um, there's been a situation this week in the NFL where Brian Flores has released or he has um, he's taken the NFL to court for numerous different reasons uh, John Elway is involved in that now Stuart I know you're the legal expert here would you like to maybe uh, tell everyone listening what's happened? Because this this is a, an unprecedented situation. The week before a Super Bowl in LA, uh, it's just it's it's crazy stuff. Yeah, this is a legal minefield. Nick, thanks for you just sort of dropped me into the, the middle of a of a minefield and I've sort of said off you go and find your way out. No, it's it, it, this is a the race issue in the NFL has long been. A problem that has been obvious to anybody who watches the NFL, where you've got, I mean, figures differ, but I've heard between 60 and 70% of the players are African American. Um, and at the moment, I think there's one African American head coach in the NFL as we speak. Now, there are three or four openings still left, but the favorites, I think, for all of those jobs are not African-Americans. Um, and, you know, the Rooney Rule was brought in for a reason and has worked because I think Colin is a particular fan of this head coach and I am too. The reality is Mike Tomlin would almost certainly have not gotten the Steelers job if the Rooney Rule didn't exist. Um, and in fairness, the Steelers were able to sort of recognise that this Guy probably wasn't a favorite going in for the job, but then you know they were they were able to sort of pivot and go, okay, this is this is the, this is our guy, and they've been proven. Steelers have been a fantastic organization since they went. I mean, they're a fantastic organization anyway. So this is a this is a serious problem, and Brian Flores has. We were all shocked when he was fired because it's the first time the Dolphins have had back to back winning seasons um, for as long as anybody can remember. Um, the Dolphins were a great team in the 80s and the Dolphins have then really 
have been have been very poorly run for a long time. So Flores on the on the face thing seemed to steady the ship, and we're very close to making the playoffs this year in particular. We're lucky that they had you know they had a sort of bad start. So it was a surprise as to why he's fired. Then you hear lots of stuff about he's very difficult to work with, um, you know, um, and then you kind of ask yourself, well, where is this stuff coming from? Um, so Brian Flores, in effect, has fallen on his sword because he has obviously felt strongly enough about the situation to kind of realise Brian Flores will not be a head coach in the NFL again, barring a miracle. Um, and he's said himself, you know, I've been granted the ability to be a head coach in the NFL, but I feel that this is a more important issue. So I think we as an organization, the Broncos have been named, there was four teams, if I'm correct. Um, so we were named as, as a team that now, in fairness, the Broncos have counted and said they have minutes in the meeting and the meeting lasted a lot of time. Flora said that the meeting started late and that the Broncos representatives looked like they've been out drinking the night before they got there, in a nutshell. Um, John Elway has counted saying that they had, they'd been flying through the night to get there on time the meeting started on time and it lasted as long as it was supposed to um so i don't know how you go about proving that you know obviously there's no video camera or there's no video footage i imagine there would be meeting notes i don't know um so that's a serious accusation the the the, the one that i think you know and this is this is all relative but this the really desperately serious um accusation i think brian flores made was that the giants had already decided on picking the offensive coordinator from the Bills, Dable. Um, and um, Belichick, I think, had let the cat slip out of the bag. Now, it's important to remember Bill Belichick has agreed um, that Flores could use those screenshots in his, um, in his accusation. So what, in effect, was Flores was saying that he was off to interview for the job, the New York Giants, and they'd already given it to the assistant coach from the Bills. Um, so they were merely going through the wheels of motion in order to fulfill the Rooney rule. That's Flores's accusation. That's a serious accusation. Um, and unfortunately, if you look at it at the moment, like there's, a, there's any number of black head coaches in uh, the NBA, which I'd imagine has a similar sort of percentage of African-American players, probably even more. Um, still not as many probably as should be, but they certainly have an awful lot more black head coaches than the NFL do. So this is, you know, it's desperately unfortunate to be named in this. You, you, you never want to see your organization appearing in this. Um, I, you know, the NFL has closed ranks. They say they take diversity very seriously. It's, it's I don't know. I, I can't see how Flores is going to win this, but I don't know if that's necessarily his point. I think his point was to raise awareness. And, you know, all the recent head coaching positions have been filled, have all been filled by white guys. Now and they're all very deserving. We were delighted to get Hackett. Um, but this is a you know this is a really tricky situation. Um, and in fairness, I think you have to admire Flores. By it's not easy to do this. Colin Kaepernick did something similar, and he you know couldn't find himself a couldn't even find himself as a third string quarterback after that. And Colin Kaepernick's play had deteriorated, but not to the extent where he couldn't even get a place on a roster as a third stringer. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but, you know, it, it does take a brave person to, to, to do something like this. So. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how it plays out, especially in regards to the Broncos as well. And the allegations made against John Elway, Joe Ellis and, and the team involved in that interview, I think it was in 
Connecticut or somewhere, but obviously allegations at the moment, and, and we'll see what happens. And John Elway has refuted that severely this week. Colin, have you anything to add on this? Because it's um, it's, it's been a hell of a week here, man. And, and John Elway has, as as Stuart said, and as as I've said, he has completely refuted these allegations. He's not, he's, he's not a happy man. No, he he's not. Um, and look, I think this is a situation where, as Andrew Brand says, there will be lawyers, and and we'll see how um, how it plays out. And uh, I think that any any franchise, the fans of any franchise, are um, going to probably rally to their um, defense of their their franchise. Uh, and we'll we'll just have to to see, but I think Stuart, uh, you know, you have to zoom out and look at the the big picture around um, diversity in in the league, and it's it's an issue, and it has been an issue. It was certainly an issue with the the last Broncos coaching staff. I know Lindsay Jones did a piece um, with the Athletic that the Broncos had the least diversity amongst their coaching staff in 2020. Um, so uh, yeah, it it has to it has to be addressed. For me, I think um, the other side, possibly, possibly, which might, and sadly, get even more focus uh, from the federal authorities, is Brian Flores' allegations regarding payment for losing. And that is something that could potentially cost Stephen Ross the franchise. That is something that could potentially cause multiple lawsuits against Stephen Ross. That is something that could lead to criminal investigations into Stephen Ross. So this is explosive. And um, you, you would have to imagine that, you know, Flores isn't doing this on a whim. But that said, until such time as this has been adjudicated, we will not know. And I think it, it would be um, you know, un, unfair to go further into it. Allegations have been made. Allegations have been refuted. But the league as a whole, as we know, needs to, to look at the diversity issue and needs to look with, with sports betting becoming increasingly prominent that is an area that the the league has to to look at we know in other sports it has been a, a major issue it is something that you, you have to be cognizant of but um i think look for for right now that's obviously a, a gray cloud that that hangs there but i do think um to have a, a new head coach to have a new owner in the offing if the broncos can get can get a Q, their QB situation sorted out. Um, there are hopefully uh, much brighter skies ahead for the team, for the franchise, and for us, the fans. And it's going to be a great uh, seven months to look ahead. All of this, uh, boys. I think we'll be back maybe, uh, if not next week, the week after, just to maybe talk about the the, the happenings. Uh, just before we go. Uh, I know me and Colin are heading to LA and we might keep our foster ourselves. But very, very quickly, Stuart, who's winning yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub, rub it in, rub it in, rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> here, here, come on up. I, I, I'm on the 645 flight back in the Monday. Come on, come on for the crack. <laughs> um, well, as I, as I said earlier on, Michael, it is one of the few times I'll be able to enjoy it. I, I do like teams who haven't won a Super Bowl winning their first one. I do remember that game against the Green Bay Packers where I thought we'd never win one. Um, and I think the Bengals are due a bit of luck because they lost the, 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 the last one they were in against the 49ers in heartbreaking fashion. They're on a roll. Um, but I, I, I 
I, I'm going to pick the Bengals, but I, I, I think that's going to be the, the their kicker winning it with a couple of seconds to go. Although he's made every kick in the playoffs, and how many times have we seen a guy who's made every kick in the playoffs suddenly miss the last most important one? But I, I'm going to go with the Bengals 24-21, something like that. Shooter, Shooter McGavin. Um, the, the Bengals kicker. Uh, I think me and Colin are going to keep our thoughts to ourselves for now. Yes, though, I, 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 to, for, for Broncos fans, though, just to, to say, if you're looking, if you're looking, if you're on the fence and, and you know, I, under, I can see why, um, there's obviously the Vaughn angle for the, the Rams, but outside of that, uh, Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips' son is uh, is a coach with the the Rams, and there has been a Phillips involved in Super Bowl Fifty, Super Bowl Fifty Three, and now Super Bowl Fifty Six. What a legacy for the Phillips uh, family, and just a testament to the the coaching that runs through their veins. And also, as well, it would be boys. It would be amazing to see Volman in the ring. It would be fantastic. Uh, look, that, that's but, us. but but in yeah. fairness. Joe Burrow and his mates stopped Mahomes and the Chiefs getting back to yet another Super Bowl. So that cannot be discounted either, as much as we look for. I text Columns, you're saying that you look like, uh, or Joe Burrow looks like a young version of you, Stuart. <laughs> he looks a bit like you, I was going to say that. That's a good thing. Uh, I, think he's got, I think it's a bit more money than I have anyway, but sure. <laughs> Let's see who's going to be a champion next week. We'll be back very soon. I mean, at this point, who knows what we'd like to talk about, but uh, big thanks to Matt High Report for the continued support in the podcast. Thanks to everyone listening. Lads, enjoy the Super Bowl. I hope you enjoy it. Look, we'll be watching it in the same place as Patrick Mahomes on the sofa. And uh, see you boys soon. Cheers. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.